You saw what happened with this painting, didn't you? You saw that it started with a big red F. And Laura Mercier did a great job in those 25, 30 minutes of transforming that red letter F into the way we get forgiveness. And that's through Jesus Christ, uh, through the gift that he gave to us on the cross. And uh, we're, uh, we're talking about our biggest failures can become our biggest source of forgiveness. Now, I'm going to go ahead and warn you. Last week, we were talking about how to be forgiven with us and God. The next two weeks, we're talking about how we can forgive other people. Because all of us want forgiveness, but very few of us really want to give forgiveness. And if you're not a Christian here this morning, if you're not a Christ follower, um, if you have not grown up in church, I'm just going to go ahead and let you know, you're kind of off the hook today. Uh, I'm really not going to be talking to you because the things that we're going to be going through today um, really aren't going to make a lot of sense to you. And I just want to go ahead and acknowledge that up front. Um, but if you're a Christ follower here, that means somebody that you've started that relationship with Jesus Christ. You know this, that God's Word says this, that we are to do unto others not what they deserve to be done to and not even what um, we think or they think should be done unto them. But God's Word says that we are to do unto others as our Heavenly Father would do unto them. Um, that we are to do to them what God does to them and to us. And that is very difficult because we've been invited into a relationship. We've been invited into a relationship with Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ and through the blood that He shed on the cross. And that we're able in this relationship to have love and forgiveness and grace, that we have unconditional acceptance to God through Jesus Christ. And because of that, we are to do unto others the way God does unto us. And you start thinking, well, that's kind of difficult. It doesn't come natural. It's not easy. Because they don't deserve that. They don't deserve to be forgiven. And you may think, well, Chris, you don't deserve to be forgiven. And God, our Heavenly Father, says, you know what? You're right. But you don't deserve what I gave you and the things that I did for you on the cross. That's difficult. We're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture this morning uh, called Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians. If you don't, it's going to be up on the screen. Let me tell you, if you're new to Bible study, you knew the whole church thing, let me just kind of unpack to you what Ephesians uh, what it's all about and who wrote it. Ephesians is uh, one of the books in the New Testament. It's about three-fourths of the way through the New Testament. And uh, it is written by a fellow by the name of Paul. Now, Paul never knew Jesus Christ uh, when he was here on this earth. Uh, he came to know Jesus and began a relationship with Jesus after Jesus had left the earth. But he had this remarkable experience one day on a road, and ever since that day, he was remarkably changed. And uh, he starts going out and planting churches and telling other people about Jesus. And he starts writing letters to these churches because he's only one guy and he can't be everywhere. And it takes such a long time to get to these places. Who would write these churches? Uh, he would write a church to a, a town in, uh, called Thessalonica. And, you know, he'd, and we called it Thessalonians. And he'd write a church to, to, the, to Philippi. This, this, he'd write this letter to Philippi. 
uh, this church in Philippi, and we called it Philippians. Well, he wrote this letter to the church at Ephesus, and we call it... All right. Kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? So I'm kind of unpacking that for you. It's Ephesians. So he's writing this letter. He's writing this letter to this church in Ephesus, and he's giving them some good practical... Actually, I'm going to be very impractical. Very strange advice. In fact, let's look at it. Ephesians chapter 4, 31. He gives us some very, very impractical advice. In fact, I'm just going to go tell you, nobody can do this. Nobody. You ready? Ephesians 4.31 says this. Paul writes, get rid of. Everybody say that. Get rid of. Get rid of all, all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of malicious behavior. You got that? Get rid of that. Uh, That's the thought for the day. That's your advice for the day. Just get rid of that. Okay, you got that? If you're an angry person, get rid of that. If you're, if you're bitter, get rid of that. If um, you have a problem, you know, talking and slander, you know what? Just stop. All right? Isn't that helpful? All right, let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you. That's not very helpful. Get rid of that. It doesn't help me. Thanks, Paul. Get rid of that. In fact... Number one, the reason why it doesn't help is, number one, you, you don't even know if you have that problem, right? And number two, if you did have that problem, you probably really didn't want to get rid of it anyway because having that problem gives you an excuse for your dysfunction. Well, the reason why I'm so angry is because of my mom, because of my dad, or because of my uncle, or because this person wronged me. And if you got rid of that stuff, then you would have to clean up your act. So if you get rid of it, you no longer have an excuse for being all jacked up. So uh, why, why, why would I want to get rid of it? And third, the re- another reason why we don't get rid of it is you just don't know how. How, Paul? I mean, Paul would make a terrible counselor. I mean, you'd come into Paul, you would sit down in his chair, tell me, what's going on? And you would say, well, Paul, you know, this fella, I had this fella, and uh, we were business partners, and he stole all this money, and I'm just so angry, and he, go, he goes, shh, 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 shh. Just get rid of that. That'll be eighty nine ninety five. Next. Seriously. I mean, it's not helpful. Just get rid of that. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as, and here Paul makes a generalized term, all types of malicious behavior. Paul is trying to cover every relational base. Anything that could cause a problem in a relationship, he says, you know what? Just get rid of that. Just get rid of that. It's an all-encompassing term. All. Get rid of all of that stuff. Just get rid of it. And to that we say, well, Paul, how? How do I get rid of it? I mean, you say get rid of it, but this doesn't help. And some of you are here today, and your mom or your dad, uh, your sister, your brother, maybe your your spouse, maybe your ex-spouse, tries to say, you know what, I think you may have this anger problem. And you go, I do not have this anger problem. Once you get back and they try to ever so gently talk to you, but every time they get really close to that sensitive area, something just boils up inside of you. And they try to talk to you about it, but you refuse to ever even admit that there is a problem. you got some bitterness. you got some anger. You're playing the blame game. You're just, you're just always frustrated. You always lose your cool. You blow your top. And... 
this guy, Paul, very insensitively tells you, you know what, just get rid of that. Now, the reason why it's insensitive is this, because he hadn't heard your story, has he? Because all of us have had a story. And if you could just sit down with Paul, and you could be able to say, Paul, you know, this is what happened. My parents did this to me. My uncle, he did this to me. And, and you know, this, my job did this. And he would say, you know what, Chris? You know what? You're right. You have every reason to be angry. You hold on to that stuff. You, you don't forgive. You, you just hang on to that because you have every reason to be angry. But he doesn't do that because he, very insensitively, having never, ever heard your story, says this. Just get rid of that. Just get rid of it. I mean, why would we even take somebody like that seriously? If you went to a counselor and said, you know what? You know, I just, I got this, you know, just get rid of it. We'd say, what a waste. I mean, if after the service you came up to me and you said, Chris, you know, and you started telling me your story and I interrupted you and I just said, you know what? Get over it. I mean, how would you think, how would you think of me? That dude's a geek. That dude's not very nice. All right? I mean, what? I mean, if I were just to show up here every Sunday and say, okay, one church, stop sinning. Thank you very much. I mean, it, would that help? No. I would be talking to myself. So why should we take Paul seriously on this? Two reasons. The first reason is this. The reason why we should listen to Paul on this is because Paul is not writing this letter from Cancun. He's writing this letter in a Roman prison. He's had some rough times, and he's right in the middle of it. And I don't know about you, but if I ever meet somebody that's went through some rough times, maybe they've, been, they've lost their job, uh, their spouse has left them, uh, the child has passed away suddenly, I, and, and they come out at the end of that, and they're better, you know, th- they're okay, I want to get to know those people, and I want to say, you know, what's the secret? What's going on in your life? Because if that ever happened to me, I don't know how I would react. But when you see people like that that are okay and they've come through those rough times, I so want to, I so want to talk to them and get to know them. Paul is writing from a Roman prison. Let me tell you how he got there. All right, The Jewish friends that he hung out with, the Jewish leaders, they betrayed him. All right, His closest friends. And then we, when he became a Christian, all of the Christians didn't trust him. Um, the Roman government was holding him illegally without a trial, and he is literally chained to this Roman guard, and he's saying, come on, fella, give me a little bit of slack. I'm trying to write a letter here. And so the, the Romans are, are holding him illegally, and for all intents and purposes, some people say even God forgot about him. So how can he say, just get rid of this stuff? Just, he's in a very difficult situation. And he's writing to this church that he really doesn't know that well. And he says, dear Christians at Ephesus, if your anger, stop it. Love, Paul. And it's just like, why? Why should I listen to him? Because of where he's writing it. And the second reason why we should listen to him is he says to get rid of it, which means he believes that you can get rid of it. He believes you can get rid of it. You know, some of you have been hurt so 
deeply and so bad. I'll be honest with you. There have been times in my life, especially one thing that I'm going to be sharing about next week, I was hurt so deeply. I didn't know if I could, I could ever get over it. I didn't know if I could ever think straight and have happy thoughts about some people. But Paul says, after being betrayed by everybody, get rid of this, which gives the assumption that he believes that you can get rid of it. He believes that you can get rid of your anger, get rid of your bitterness, get rid of your harsh words. He believes that you can get over it, that there is light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. Because some of you, I know, if you were real honest today, you'd say, you know what, Chris, my anger, my temper, my words, they've cost me. They've cost me a lot. Uh, My words have burned down a marriage. My anger has erupted and flowed into every area of my life, and nobody wants to be around me. My temper lost me a job. Because all of us, we want forgiveness, but we don't want to forgive other people, and it erupts in this junk, in this stuff. So he says, just get rid of it. How? How, Paul? How can you get rid of it? Look at the next verse. Looking at two verses today. Look at the next verse. Here's the answer. Here's how you can get rid of it. Instead, be kind to each other. That can be difficult. Tenderhearted. Look at this next word. Forgiving one another. Everybody say that. Forgiving one another. Here's what Paul is saying. You know, you want to know how to get rid of all of this stuff? You want to know how to get rid of your anger and your bitterness and your slander and your malice and all of this stuff that is poisoning your life? It's not by zipping your lip and walking out of the room. It's not by ignoring the problem. It's not by just saying, well, that's just how she is or that's how he is. It's not by refusing to deal with it. The way you deal with anger and bitterness and all of this other stuff is by forgiving one another. Do you know what forgiveness is? We talked about this last week. Forgiveness is two things. Number one, forgiveness is a decision that you make. It's not based on emotions. It's not even based on circumstances. You don't forgive when somebody when you start feeling like it. Because guess what? You're never ever going to want to forgive that person. The feelings will never come. All right? So if you wait on your emotions, you will never, ever forgive because forgiveness is a decision. And if you wait on for them to apologize, some of them will never apologize. And you will continue to have all of this bitterness and hatred. So first, forgiveness is a decision that you make. Secondly, forgiveness is a decision, making the decision that someone doesn't owe you anymore. That someone doesn't owe you anymore. That's it. That's what forgiveness is making the decision that someone doesn't owe you anymore. Every time that you've been hurt, every time that you've been dumped on, there is a sense that someone, something has been taken from you by that person. Every time that you've been hurt, there is a sense that that person has taken something that you believe that belongs to you. Let me unpack this and and explain this a little bit. 
Um, it may be intangible, like, you know what, my dad took from me the opportunity to live with two parents in a home because he divorced my mom. Something was taken from me. Um, it may be my reputation was taken away because this person said this. He stole my childhood by doing this. He stole my reputation. He stole the amount of money I should be making. He stole my wife. It could be something tangible. It could be something intangible that you really can't touch. But in every instance, when somebody has hurt you, they have taken something away from you that you believe to be rightfully yours. They stole it from you. They created a sense in which they owe you. They owe you. Forgiveness is a decision to cancel that debt. It is to say, you know what? You took this from me. You robbed this of me of this experience. You robbed this. You've taken this from me. And I am saying, you don't owe me anymore. I'm canceling the debt. I'm not waiting for you to own up to it. I'm not waiting for you to apologize. I'm telling you, I am canceling the debt. You don't owe me anymore. So Paul, in his very insensitive way, he says, get rid of all of this stuff, and the how is this, forgiving one another. And here's what he's saying. If you could get your whole arms around this whole big forgiveness thing, if you could understand this, that if forgiveness can become a habit of your life, then you're no longer going to be an angry person. If you make forgiveness a habit of your life, you're no longer going to be a very bitter person. You're no longer going to have all of this stuff on the inside affecting the stuff and erupting on the outside if you can be a forgiving person. Now, there's two Greek words for forgiveness. The Greek word that is used here is the word, it literally means to give a gift. To give the gift of forgiveness. It's present tense. It's a lifestyle. It's a habit. Everywhere you go, I want you to consistently give the gift of forgiveness. Oh, that hurt. Here's forgiveness. Oh, you talked bad about me. Here's some forgiveness. Oh, you you said this thing and, and it's ruined my reputation. Here's some forgiveness. Oh, you took her away from me. Here's some forgiveness. Oh, you ruined my marriage. Here's some forgiveness. Oh, you've turned my child against me. Here's some forgiveness. It's a lifestyle. It's giving the gift of forgiveness. Now, why in the world would we want to do that? Why in the world would we want to forgive somebody like that? Because it's not natural, is it? And it's not easy because they really do owe you, don't they? They really do owe me. It's a sense that it's just it's not an easy thing to do. They took something from you. So for me to just stand up here and say, you know what, forgive them and give them the gift for forgiveness, I know what you're saying. No way, Jose. I'm not going to do that. You're telling me they've already wronged me. I'm the victim here. I'm the one that's been dumped on. I'm the one they stole something from. And you're telling me to give them the gift of forgiveness? What in the world are you thinking? Yeah, and I know I may be an angry person, and yeah, I know my temper has a tendency to flare up, and this anger is spilling on into all of these other, other different relationships. I know that. I know that I got some things that drive people crazy. But for me to just say, let them off the hook 
and they're done scot-free, it's like I'm rewarding them. It's like I'm saying, you know what? It's like it never happened. And I am not forgiving them. I'm not going to do it. Why? And really, that's the question. Why? And my answer is, there's really no good reason. That's the reason why we don't forgive other people. There's really no good reason. Forgiveness really doesn't make sense. Unless you're a forgiven person. Forgiveness really doesn't make sense unless you are a forgiven person. There's really no reason. And that's what I'm saying. If you don't know Christ, you know, you may agree with everything I say this morning, but you really don't have a really good reason to forgive because you're not a forgiven person. If you're here today, though, and you're a Christian, if you have chosen to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you still have a difficult time forgiving, I know something about you. I know that Jesus might be a painting on a wall, or when you think of Jesus, he might be that crucifix over the hearth. Um, You, yeah, you have this kind of relationship, you kind of know the facts, but you really don't know how much it cost him for you to be forgiven. It's really not become real to you. It's really not sunk down for you because forgiveness doesn't make sense unless you understand that you are a forgiven person. Some of us are so laser-focused on the person who hurt us, the person who stole that thing from us, that we say they don't deserve to be forgiven. And God, our Father, says, you know what? You didn't deserve to be forgiven. The degree to which you understand the significance of your forgiveness and how God forgave you is the degree to which you can forgive other people. So let's finish Paul's thought. It says this, Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another in these next two words. Oh, just as. In the same way to the same degree, to the same depth as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Here's the big idea for today. Y'all ready? We don't forgive because they deserve to be forgiven. We forgive because we have been forgiven. We don't deserve because they deserve forgiveness. We forgive because we have been forgiven. In a sense, we, left, we let them off the hook because your Heavenly Father let us off the hook. We say, you know what, you don't owe me anymore because on Calvary, on a cross, Jesus said, it is finished. You don't owe me anymore. We say, debt canceled. And God, our Heavenly Father, says, debt canceled canceled. You owed a debt, Chris, that you could never pay, but I'm saying, debt canceled. You're done. It is finished. That is why we forgive. That is why Paul could say, very insensitively, you just need to get rid of that. 
get rid of that stuff and forgive. But we say, Paul, you've not heard my story. And Paul would say, well, you don't really remember the Savior. But Paul, you don't know what they've done. No, 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 no. You don't know and remember what you've done. But Paul, you don't know how bad they've hurt me. And Paul would say, you don't know how much your sin hurt and offended your heavenly Father. At the cross, all of us lost our excuse to forgive. At the cross, all of us lost our excuse to forgive. It doesn't matter what they've done to you or how badly they've hurt you. We've all lost our excuse to forgive because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. And though many times for us it just takes a little more than swallowing our pride and say, I forgive you. But what did it cost our Heavenly Father? His one and only Son. That's how much it cost God to forgive us. Now, let's make this practical. How do you do it? Okay? I know why I should do it. I know all of this, but how do you really... And can you forgive and forget? All right? Can you forgive and take this eraser and go... And forget it? All right? Let's talk about that. Number one, how do you forgive? The first thing you need to do is identify the people that's wronged you. This is really easy. <laughs> we all know who's ticked us off, right? Um, this, this is so important. It, 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 anger destroys families. It's like cancer to a relationship. It eats you up. And you know how you, you recognize who you're angry with? Who are you having imaginary conversations with? You're driving down the road, and you're going, and you're going through, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about, because I've had those as well. Man, I got some people, and I can just, and I'm having these conversations with them, and um, I'm bebopping and scatting around them. I'm saying this, and I'm arguing with them, and I'm always the one winning. And at the end of the conversation, I've won the argument, and I feel better about myself. Who are you having imaginary conversations with? And think about this whoever they are, they have their hooks in you. You don't even like them. And they have their hooks in you, and they are controlling you. That's what happens when you choose not to forgive. Those people that you hate the most are controlling you. So you've got to identify who, who you ticked at. Second, determine what they owe you. Now, this is a huge one. I'm going to be honest with you. This is the reason why most people don't forgive. They never can get past this. Because you have not determined what they owe you. This is so important. We recognize that somebody did us wrong and we say, I forgive them. But hear me, you can't, you, you can't forgive something that you've not defined. You can't forgive a debt that you've not defined. So you need to sit down and you need to figure out, and this is going to be hard for some of you, you need to spend some time and you need to ask your question, what do they owe me? What do they owe me? You need to work at it and work on it, and you need to write it down because, and you can say, I, I, I don't like them because they took this away from me. And some of you, again, it'll be intangible. Some of you know they took my childhood away because of an action. Another one, because maybe you're divorced. This is very difficult. I know for you, you have to say, you know what? They owe me. They took the opportunity away for me to put my children to bed every night because she has them. She has them. And every time I walk by their empty rooms, I weep because I can't, I can't put them to bed. Or you go back into your empty apartment 
and they're not there because they're with her and not you. You need to spend some time and you need to write down what did they take from you? What do they owe you? And then the third is you need to make the decision to cancel the debt. You need to make that decision to cancel it. Now, I'm going to give you some homework and exercise to work on this because some of you, your hurt is too deep. It's too deep. And there's too much stuff there. And there's just you just need to spend some time. You need to take some days, let some days go by. And you need to write down this and this and this and this. They did this to me and this to me and this to me and this to me. And once you've had enough days go by, and you had enough, and you've got it all concretely down on a piece of paper, then you need to do something to signal that you have canceled that debt. You fold that up, you put it in an envelope, you seal it, and you put a cross on it. Maybe put that in your mirror, in your bathroom, as you're getting ready. And you say, debt has been canceled. But for one lady, she took, she wrote it all down, all the stuff, and she buried it and put mounds of dirt on it and put a, a cross over it in her backyard, kind of like a cemetery. And every time she, those feelings started coming back, she'd look at that and she was reminded, my debt, the debt has been canceled. They don't owe me anymore. Do you know what will happen if you do this? I would be lying if you said you'll never think of it again. Because you know what? You will. Those feelings will come. You're going to want to go down those streets, those familiar roads. You're going to think about this again, and it's going to start getting in the pit of your stomach. And then you're going to be reminded, no, I've made the decision that they don't owe me anymore, that I have forgiven them. And then in that moment, if you took your thoughts and changed your thoughts from them to Jesus Christ, to that cross, and you would be reminded about the great sacrifice Jesus made on your behalf because you offended Him, you're going to start to change. You're going to start to change. We don't forgive because we deserve to be forgiven. We forgive because we're forgiven people. I want to close with two things and we're going to be done. Let's say this afternoon you got a call from your doctor and you say, i I, I got some bad news. Um, you got cancer. There's cancer in your body. You know what you would do very little time doing? You would take very little time to say, where did it come from? You would not go back to your doctor for him to give you a history lesson about cancer and how, where cancer come from. You, you really wouldn't be worried about the source of the cancer. What would you want? To get it out of your body. I want it out of my body. And Paul is saying this, if you would stop being so focused on the person that's hurt you and start focusing on the Savior who can remove that, your bitterness, remove your anger, then you will be free. And it doesn't matter about your sad story because all of us have sad stories. All of us have been hurt. So don't focus on the source. Focus on the solution. Last thing as we close. What if Let's play a what-if game. What if that person came to you and said, you know what? I messed on you. I am sorry. Please forgive me. You know what? And if they tried to pay you back, you know the ironic thing about this is they couldn't pay you back anyway, could they? They couldn't pay you back. 
the years and years of him not being your father. They could not pay you back. They couldn't pay you back the years of all of the sporting events she missed or he missed. He couldn't redo. You can't get back any of that time. They can't repay you anyway. So why are you holding a debt over their head that they can never repay? Why? Because they can't pay it back anyway. And what's happening to you is that you are being eaten alive with anger and bitterness. And Jesus says, be free. Get rid of that. Let's pray. As you bow your head and close your eyes, think about this. Who owes you? I would encourage you, if you're really struggling with this, um, you need to spend some time this week writing that stuff down. As you think about that person that you're so angry with, I want your mind to drift to some of the pictures you've seen of Jesus on the cross. Some of the pictures you've seen of him being beaten alive. And I want you to remember that he did that for you. Because all of us in here have failed. And God still forgives us. So we are to forgive one another just as God, through Christ, has forgiven us. In Jesus' name.